It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us over on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube. If you're watching, please go ahead and do that. If you're not, subscribe anyway. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. If you're watching the show right now, you can see it right there, at Julian Council on Twitter, because every single Friday throughout the offseason, throughout the season, all the time, unless there's a holiday on a Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So either at me, at Julian Council, or DM me, at Julian Council. So I saw this weekend the conversation over on Twitter, because it's a constant debate. And for whatever reason, the debate this weekend was about Cam Newton and his Hall of Fame status as the 32-year-old quarterback is a free agent this year after playing a couple games for the Carolina Panthers. The hope, obviously, when he came at the Carolina was that he was going to potentially save the season that had been lost thanks to the poor play of Sam Darnold and the poor decision-making from Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers front office in making that decision to bring over Sam Darnold. He thought possibly it would happen, especially after watching Cam in his first two touches of the season. Scoring a touchdown against Arizona Cardinals, one through the air and one through the ground, ending the return, the comeback, uh, the home camming, as they called it, when they played against Ron Rivera in Washington football team, then Washington football team, now Washington commanders. And Cam was awesome in that game. And I had told you on this podcast, if Cam's going to play like that every week, three touchdowns, no turnovers, then he might actually have a great opportunity to come back and be the long-term option for the Carolina Panthers. Unfortunately, That's not how things went. Joe Brady was fired. Cam Newton regressed and honestly wasn't his fault. He only had one wide receiver to work with outside of was just really DJ Moore. There's no Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson did play better once Cam was here. The defense was still good, but injury after injury to Gilmore and also to uh, Dante Jackson 
hindered this Panthers team throughout the down the latter part of the season. And Cam just isn't the same Cam. But that's not the conversation we're wanting to have. The conversation we're wondering right now as we sit here on March 1st, is Cam Newton a Hall of Famer? I don't know. And I saw a lot of responses to, I think it was Sheena Quick, who covers the Carolina Panthers, her tweet asking whether Cam Newton is a Hall of Famer. Depending where you're from, you might say yes. Like here in Charlotte, you're going to say yes. And depending on how you lean in the city of Atlanta, you might say yes. But if you're a Falcons fan, you're obviously going to say no. They're going to say no in Tampa. They're going to say no in New Orleans. And probably New England, they're also going to say no. But if you actually look at Cam Newton's resume, I don't think you can flat out just say no chance that Cam Newton's a Hall of Famer. Okay, I was as we all know, 2015 NFL MVP. The fact that he was able to drag that offense with Ted Ginn Jr. as his top wide receiver to have Billy Brown, Devin Funches, Jericho Cotchery, and I guess Greg Olson really was his best cat pass catcher that year to get that offense to be the top offense in the National Football League and to go to the Super Bowl is one of the best achievements that we've seen from any quarterback over the last 10, 20 years in the National Football League. Tom Brady always elevated the talent around him, but the talent was not as bad as it was that year in Carolina for Cam Newton to be the MVP. We know he's also the Offensive Player of the Year in 2015, Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2011. He was a first-team All-Pro in 2015, three-time Pro Bowler in 2011, 13, and 15. He was the Pro Football Writers Association All-Rookie Team in 2011. So Cam did it all when it came to that portion of his career here in Carolina. But you can't just stop there, because typically when we look at Hall of Fame candidacy, we look at their All-Pro teams, if they're an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, whatever it kind of looks at, and also they're a Pro Bowl. Three times in a Pro Bowl, one time All-Pro, one time MVP. So... On that, you would think that's probably not enough to get Cam Newton into the Hall of Fame. But you have to take into the into um, consideration the context of who he took to the Super Bowl that year in 2015 and what was around him. And you go back to his year in college at Auburn. He didn't have any NFL players on that offense. And he won the Heisman Trophy, and Auburn went undefeated that season. But it's his awards and his accomplishments that really stand out. And you go to his wiki page, I don't think there's, other than Tom Brady and maybe someone of that ilk, you're not going to find the amount of first in NFL history. Cam Newton has the most rushing touchdowns by any quarterback in NFL history. Most passing yards by a quarterback in his first two games in NFL history. Most games in NFL history with passing touchdown and rushing touchdown. He's the first player in NFL history with 50 passing touchdowns and 25 rushing touchdowns in his first three seasons. First player in NFL history with 4,000-plus passing yards and 10-plus rushing touchdowns in a season. He's the first to do so many things. It's not just the accolades and the achievements and the records. It's also the fact that Cam was able to revolutionize the position. You go, out, go back to Mike Vick when he came into the league and played for the Falcons and how he changed the dynamic of how the quarterback position was played with his legs and his arm strength. And Cam, with his physical presence at 6'5", 250, whatever the hell he was and is, he changed the way you look at a quarterback. Nowadays, everybody wants to have a quarterback who's like Cam. You look at like Josh Allen. You look at the physical abilities of a guy like Deshaun Watson. While he not be, might not be that size and stature, you need to have someone who has a big arm but also is able to move out of the pocket. And Cam really changed the way teams try to approach finding their quarterbacks. You can't just have a pocket passer like a Tom Brady. 
Yes, Tom Brady's the GOAT. But nowadays, it's going to be really hard to have success in this league if you don't have a quarterback who's mobile enough. Patrick Mahomes. Cam changed the way the game is played at that position. And I always think about what Adam Lefko, formerly a Bleacher Report, now works for TNT, covers the NBA, used to cover the NFL. He always talked about when having the conversation about a Hall of Fame candidacy for a player in the National Football League. Can you tell the story of football without that player? I don't think you can tell the story of the National Football League, especially the last 10 years, without mentioning Cam Newton and how he helped change the position in the National Football League to where at this point in time in 2022, you're wanting a player like that. And you look at this draft, there's probably not really a player who matches that. Maybe Malik Willis with his arm strength and his athleticism. But that is basically the standard of what you want a quarterback to look like now in a National Football League. Might not be the size and stature, but the way Cam played, that's what you're looking for. So is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't typically get too caught up on these things. Obviously, one day he'll be about part of the Carolina Panthers Hall of Honor. Uh, we can have a conversation, I guess, if you want to say if he gets a statue outside the stadium, even though I don't think that's really necessary. We did just have to take one down not too long ago. We don't want to run into another one of those situations, not to say that Cam's ever going to have anything that arises in his personal life that forced the Panthers to remove him from the stadium and if they ever want to enshrine him in that manner. But he's a, whole, he's a Carolina Panther great. We know that. The greatest quarterback we've ever had, the only franchise quarterback that we've ever had in Carolina. The only thing, if you're looking at with Cam, that might prevent him, and I think it's probably the biggest thing, is the injuries towards the last part of his career here, if he continues to play, whether he does or not, the injuries that limited him over the last couple seasons, that kind of shortened his prime. Had his prime been able to stay healthy there in 2018 and get the Panthers to the playoffs when they started off 6-2? and two? Had he not sustained that foot injury? in New England in week three of the preseason. And had he been healthy during that 2019 season, maybe the Panthers are a playoff team that year. If he's able to do that, then it's no question. But unfortunately right now, there is a question just based off of the longevity of what his prime was and how quickly he rose. And unfortunately, how swiftly in a way he fell while being a quarterback here for the Carolina Panthers in the national football league, going to New England, having an okay season and coming here after being cut and, Getting two really great weeks, but after that, just not a lot of great football. But I love Cam. I hope that one day he's a Hall of Famer. I would imagine right now the voters are going to say no, but maybe it's another opportunity with an organization here this offseason. And maybe it's still here in Carolina. There's a redemption story still left to be written here for Cam Newton and his chapter with the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see how that works out. We'll also see how free agency in the draft works out. Daniel Jeremiah was on Rich Eisen show, one of my favorite shows to listen to and watch throughout the weekday there on, I think it's on Peacock, which does a great job. And he had Daniel Jeremiah hinting at what he thinks the Carolina Panthers are going to do. We talked about his draft 2.0 last week. We'll get into more of his comments that he had with Rich and with Peter King of Football Morning America on NBC Sports here in just a moment. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college troops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, or the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As y'all know, Daniel Jeremiah is one of the best to do it when it comes to breaking down the NFL draft and just breaking down football in general. Former App State quarterback, now at the NFL Network, does a fantastic job. And he was on with Peter King for Football Morning America on Monday. He was also on the Rich Eisen Show over on Peacock and I think on NBC Sports Audio, just talking about his latest mock draft 2.0, which we brought up last week as he had the Carolina Panthers taking Trevor Pinning the left tackle out of Northern Iowa, an FCS school in the Missouri Valley, instead of taking Charles Cross, who has been, I think, probably the most mocked player to the Carolina Panthers. And it's important to recognize that mock drafts before free agency, which starts here in about 12 days, are really meaningless. Honestly, it's a useless, it's a fun exercise. It's also kind of a useless exercise. And Yes, some of it's source information on what the teams are thinking and where they might go and what kind of positions that they're going to value, which are fairly obvious right now. But once those holes get filled, which I've said in the past that I would far more prefer the Carolina Panthers to get their tackle and get their safety, get their linebacker, get if they want to get a quarterback, get that in free agency prior to wait instead of waiting until the draft at the end of April. So Daniel Jeremiah, who was on Rich Eisen, was just going through his mock draft and he was asked about Carolina, and he said that the Panthers, from someone he's talked to, a source who is pretty plugged in with Carolina, is that they are dead set on drafting an offensive lineman at six, even if it's a reach, which makes sense considering how he mocked Trevor Pinning to Carolina. He does not feel very highly of Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, much like um, Todd McShay of ESPN. He feels the same way where I think McShay, the last time he had a mock draft, he had mock sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati, which that was the first one that when Daniel Jeremiah did his 1.0, he also mocked sauce Gardner, the corner out of um, Cincinnati to the Carolina Panthers going best player available and also potentially a need. And we've talked about that need and why it might not be as crazy as it looked based off of what happens with Deshaun, well, not Deshaun, um, but with uh, Dante Jackson and with Stephon Gilmore. So it's not crazy, but we all know the need for the Carolina Panthers is an offensive lineman. It's good to hear that. They said that at six, we're going to get our offensive tackle, especially we're offensive lineman. We're not going to worry about any other position group as of right now, even if we're reaching. Yes, the Panthers want to go best player available, but Scott Fitter has also said that at that position in the draft, that's when you can get aggressive and trying to get a quarterback. Why can't it be the same case when trying to get an offensive lineman, especially if you think that's going to be a long-term option for the Carolina Panthers. And speaking of long-term options, going to get into my off-season to-do list for the Carolina Panthers here very shortly. And he also spoke to Peter King of Football Morning America on NBC. Comes out every moment, every Monday morning uh, throughout the year. I think he kind of takes a little bit of time off throughout the summer. But still, when asked about the quarterbacks, yeah, that's the question. If they're not going to take a quarterback at six, what are you going to? They're going to take an offensive tackle. What happens with the Carolina Panthers? But looking at the quarterback 
um, just draft class. And Jeremiah mentioned this multiple times on Rich Eisen, just talking about how it was a pretty weak class. He said, I might be a little bit more cautious this year when taking a quarterback because it's not a star-studded class. He says he thinks Pickett, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, is ready to come in and play right away. He could be a solid player and a good solid starter. He's compared him to a more athletic version of Matthew Hasselback. If you think back to Seattle when Matt Hasselback was there, they did go to a Super Bowl before losing to Big Ben. And I think it was Jerome Bettis, the bus's final game in his hometown of Detroit when they won a Super Bowl there. Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Famer. Matt Hasselback, really good on TV, was good in the NFL, but the teams really want a more athletic version of Matt Hasselback. He also went on to say that Malik Willis is more of an ultimate wild card to him. What you get from him now is not what you're going to get from him in two to three years down the road. It could be a huge payoff, but again, there's a risk associated with that. Hearing that and hearing what he said, I'm relieved that the Panthers, at least as of right now, that's the plan, that they are dead set on taking an offensive lineman, preferably a tackle at sixth overall in the draft. That's what they need to do. It's been since 2008 when they traded up to get Jeff Otoff, since they've drafted a tackle or just drafting an offensive lineman in the first round. And yeah, there was another quote from that article of Peter King about how you don't have to spend all your draft capital on getting a first round um, offensive lineman, how teams over the last couple of years in the Super Bowl have not had that. I think they've only had like three offensive linemen, whatever it is that were first round picks. Well, the Panthers need to be trying to get someone who they can put at that position, especially at left tackle for the next 10 plus years in the same way when they drafted Jordan Gross, how that worked out for them. It's been a con- a constant revolving door at that position and the Panthers need to figure it out. What that also tells me hearing that they're dead set on taking an offensive lineman at that spot is that what we already knew, they're going to be very aggressive in trying to find a quarterback via free agency or via trade And this week with the combine going up, going down in Indy, that would make a lot of sense that the Panthers would be trying to find the framework of a deal this week. Even though I've said this before, the focus like what Jeremiah said, should be building the offensive line and not just building an offensive line, but building the best overall roster for whoever's going to be the quarterback this year, who should be Sam Darnold. I get it. He's not good. I've never been a believer in Sam Darnold. Daniel Jeremiah still believes that Sam Darnold has something in there, in there inside of him that can help him be good in the NFL. I don't think it's ever going to happen. He said maybe he's a slave to his uh, draft grade coming out of USC that he still believes in Darnold. But I've seen enough over four years, especially here in Carolina, to know that Sam Darnold's not the answer long-term. But the answer long-term is not out there. I don't see Russell Wilson leaving. I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving. And we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Maybe that works out. But if it's not going to be really Deshaun, then what's the point? Yes, bring in competition for Sam Darnold. You can't just roll him out there and not have any competition like they should not have done this past season where he had no competition at all. They should have given him something to compete with because maybe that pushes him forward to be better. But also, you just can't hand the keys to a player who has not played well throughout his four seasons. There was three prior seasons in the National Football League. So them being dead set on offensive alignment absolutely tells me that they are going to turn every stone over to find a quarterback. We already knew that. When Peter Schrager talked about how he had a conversation with David Tepper at the Super Bowl and Tepper talking about how they want to be aggressive and the aggressiveness is what landed the Carolina Panthers in this position that they're in right now with Sam Darnold and having that prohibitive $18.858 million cap hit. It's not just Darnold. It's also looking at Robbie Anderson, $16 million cap hit this upcoming season, $34 million cap hit on two players who honestly should not be on the Carolina Panthers roster in 2022, but that's where they land. So at the very least, after, for whatever reason, 
re-signing Ian Thomas. The Carolina Panthers have their minds set on getting an offensive lineman at six, at least for now. What else should they be looking to do this offseason? I have my offseason to-do list of what I think the Carolina Panthers need to do here over the next couple weeks to ensure that once we head into mandatory minicamp and then later on in August out in Spartanburg, that this team is actually in position to be a competitor here in the NFC South in 2022. We'll get into all that here in just a moment. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computers, choosing the only brand or warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your smartphone, folks. Same time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Don't explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box to know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. As we know, the Carolina Panthers have a laundry list of needs heading into this free agency period coming up here in a couple weeks, and they got to check a lot of boxes if they want to have that bounce back year three for Matt Rule. Typically, as we know, they struggle year one under Matt Rule when he was back at Baylor and Temple, and in year two, you see that progress. And record-wise, well, we didn't see it. And the decision to bring Sam Darnold in here certainly played a role. The lack of attention paid to the offensive line and the moves to bringing Cam Irving and Pat Elfline in the first few minutes of the legal tampering period last year were poor decisions. But we did see the development over the last couple of years of guys like Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Derek Brown came on late on in the season. Same thing with each were gross mottos. And the defense overall was one of the best in the National Football League after being a unit that could not get off the field and that struggled in 2020 in the first year of Matt Rule. Special teams, while Coverage was not great, and return game wasn't great. The kicking game, when Zane Gonzalez was healthy, had gotten better, and Lachlan Edwards did a fine job as a punter, even though the special teams efficiency numbers still wouldn't point to the Carolina Panthers being one of the better units in the National Football League. You did see some level of progress, at least from the place-kicking game for the Carolina Panthers, but not enough to change the win-loss record from a year prior in 2020, where they went 5-11, and and they finished off 5-12, and losing their final seven games in 2021. So the Panthers obviously need to change things, need to improve this roster if they want to have any chance at winning the NFC South. And, well, Matt Rule wants to, you know, coach here in 2023 and keep his job and residence here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I have an off-season to-do list, and it's a work-in-progress list, and there would be things I'm going to add throughout the upcoming weeks for what they need to do. But first off, we already talked about it. We know they, they went out there and they rebuilt the staff. Matt Rule now has three 
former coaches or now three coaches on his staff. He used to be former head coaches in the National Football League. Still Steve Wilkes making homecoming here in Carolina. Ben McAdoo, you know, not the the greatest of hires, but still he has the experience and he fits the system that Matt Rule probably wants to run. And also have the Tom Coughlin connection and then Paul Pascaloni, who's one of the oldest men in football and has forgotten more than you and I and probably Matt Rule will ever know about the game of football during throughout his career working in college and in NFL. So the staff hires, I like those a lot. The Carolina Panthers currently only have about $12 million to work with um, when it comes to the NFL salary cap. That means they need to restructure some deals. Last year, they did that with Shaq Thompson, with Christian McCaffrey. They also did it with Matt Paradis, who's now a free agent and likely out on his way out of Carolina. They need to find a way to do that again because they have some players that they need to be able to re-sign and they don't have enough space to do that. Yes, they can push that money down the road. Maybe they try to restructure again with McCaffrey, who's entering the first year of his four-year, $64 million extended pay running back. And I know we would love to see him play, considering he's missed the vast majority of games over the last two seasons since Matt Rules got here to Carolina. And we'll see what his role is in Carolina, if, potentially if they want to trade him. I just don't know what team out there would want to do that, considering McCaffrey hasn't been healthy and He's the highest paid running back in the National Football League. And as I've said to y'all plenty of times, all running backs in the NFL should be making federal minimum wage. So restructure deals is the first thing the Carolina Panthers need to do. Um, one of the other things I think the Panthers need to do in terms of their to-do list is extend DJ Moore. They've already picked up the fifth-year option last season. That's going to have them making $11 million this year with an $11.1 million cap hit, uh, which is pretty cheap considering that the last – Three seasons, he's had over 1,000 yards receiving with the likes of Broken Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, uh, P.J. Walker, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, Will Greer. Those are his quarterbacks, and he's able to put up big numbers every single year. You'll wonder what he'd look like if he finally got a quarterback. Extending D.J. Moore is going to be one of the top priorities for the Carolina Panthers. I don't have to worry about the money this season, but moving forward next season, 2023, that's when you got to worry about maybe how that factors in. And also you're going to exercise the fifth year option for Brian Burns. We'll kick in for the 2023 season. That's a no brainer decision. Brian Burns is finally a pro bowler this past year. And looking at the DJ Moore extension too, what complicates it. And Scott Fitter's talked about this when he was asked about, can they fit in Stefan Gilmore and Dante Jackson into the salary cap? Can you bring back both those players? And he said that we have a plan. I wonder how that plan is going to be utilized knowing that they whiffed on Sam Darnold. Because when they brought in Sam Darnold and they signed, or they didn't sign him, but they exercised his fifth-year option, they looked at it as, all right, we got a quarterback for two years, $22 million, basically $11 million per season. Now it's four last year, it's 18 this year, and it's, again, pretty prohibitive. This season they knew going into this year that they're going to have to work around that. But I also think that they expected – that they would have the answer at the position and that Darnold was going to play a lot better than he played in 2021. Why they expected that? I don't know. If they watched the film, they'd clearly see a player who's not very good, but that's the case. And since Darnold did not play well, and Spitter's already said, it's got to be creative. It really kind of muddies the plan of what they wanted to do, where you want to extend guys like DJ Moore. You're going to want to extend a player eventually like Brian Burns. You're going to pick up his fifth year option. But when you don't have a quarterback contract in place, it's hard to do that. Now, maybe they draft a rookie quarterback and that figure things out for them where, okay, we got the rookie contract. We get, we can figure that out and we got plenty of space to be able to sign all these other players. But when you're sitting here in quarterback limbo, that can make things difficult when trying to 
ex- ex- execute the plan that Scott Fitter says the Carolina Panthers have. I, I try to trust in Scott Fitter. I want to believe in him. I think for the most part we should. Yes, he had a role in the Sam Darnold decision. But, uh, you know, that's the position his owner put him in. Also, something the Carolina Panthers need to do is bring in legitimate competition for Sam Darnold. Again, I don't think any of the top guys are going to be coming here. And I don't love either the rookies. And Daniel Jeremiah, who knows this better than me, says not a start for the class. Maybe in two, three years, you've got a really good player in Malik Willis. But it's a risk. Are you willing to take a risk on one of these quarterbacks when I think Jeremiah's top quarterback is Kenny Pickett and his top 50 big board, he's like ranked 28th. So he's not even a top 10 player. Are you willing to risk or take a risk on one of those guys on the player of that caliber? I don't think the Carolina Panthers should. So if they're going to bring in legitimate competition, Carson Wentz, he's been bettering Sam Darnold. They've given up on him in Indianapolis, but we know he's a decent start in the NFL and he's helped teams get to the playoffs before. And he positioned the Eagles to be the number one seed a few seasons ago when they went on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You got to bring him in. If you can, obviously you're not going to trade for him. If he's going to be cut with Chris Morton said, excuse me, what Chris Mortensen said from ESPN.com, then you got to go ahead and bring him in. Don't trade for Gardner Minshew. I get it. He's probably better than Sam Darnold, maybe, but he's not a long-term option. Don't give up assets for him. Unless you can give up one in 2023 or 2024, then maybe do that. But they got to bring in some sort of competition for Sam Darnold, preferably free agent competition, competition that does, not give up any sort of assets. You got to try to re-sign Hassan Reddick. Also got to try to re-sign either Stefan Gilmore or Dante Jackson. I don't think both are going to re-sign. They got to try and re-sign one of those guys. In order to do that, you're very likely going to need to cut A.J. Boye to save $3.5 million against the salary cap this season. We already talked about the restructuring deals. There can be some salary cap casualties, and Boye makes sense to be that guy who gets cut because he plays that position. He already traded for C.J. Henderson. He drafted last season. Um, J.C. Horn, you also drafted Keith Taylor, who they seem to like. If you can bring back one of those veteran guys and Gilmore, Dante Jackson, you got to feel pretty good about that foursome uh, right there playing corner for the Carolina Panthers. And then these are the obvious ones. Sign or draft a long-term left tackle option. As I've told you all, my preference is to get one in free agency who's a veteran. Sign or draft a long-term option at center. Probably be the draft makes the most sense. And then sign a free agent guard. They got to be able to find three new starters on the offensive line. They also need to find a new starter at middle linebacker next to Shaq Thompson, Jermaine Carter Jr., who started last season after the Carolina Panthers decided to move off of Denzel Perryman, who went on to be a pro bowler with the Las Vegas Raiders. He did not live up to the faith that Matt Rule had placed in him going to the season, which, surprise, surprise, he still had you know a decent career in Carolina. But he's on a, hopefully, better things for him because he's just not a starting caliber middle linebacker in a national football league right now. He can be a good rotational player, but he's not fit where, well, at least to the level the Carolina Panthers need at that position next to Shaq Thompson. So finding someone who can fit into that place would be great. And they did it last year. The problem was Perriman just didn't necessarily fit whatever culture they're trying to establish here. And also was injured throughout training camp. And, you know, Carter, I guess, won the job according to the staff. They also need to find a free safety this time last year, we spoke a lot about Richie Grant, the safety coming out of UCF, who was on the Carolina Panthers Senior Bowl squad down there in Mobile a year ago. He ended up being a Falcon, unfortunately, and the Carolina Panthers were not able to grab him. Not sure where he landed on their board there in the second round, but finding a free safety. And I said this last week when I think it was Cat Crave on Twitter was talking about Kyle Hamilton or something like that. I was like, I would love for the Carolina Panthers to be in position where they've already acquired their 
they got Hassan Reddick back. They have the corners back. They have acquired three starters on the offensive line. They have their middle linebacker, whatever, and that they're in position to take Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame because that would be awesome to have him. I just don't know if they're going to be in position to do that, but they need to find one either through the draft or free agency, and I think very likely is going to be via the draft. And they also need to find, as Scott Fitter brought this up, they got to find someone who's around 285, who can be uh, 185 pounds, who can be on a defensive end and set the edge defensively to stop the run game. Because as good as the Panthers were at coming out the edge and getting out the quarterback, they have been really poor over the last couple of seasons, dating back to even the last time Rivera was here, especially since they've been in this primary odd man, three man front. Now with um, Phil Snow as a defensive coordinator, they got to find someone who can set the edge and they can stop the run because they have not done that. They get after the passer, but they cannot stop the run game. And that's something that's killing them. And a lot of teams that like to do that wide zone last year really killed the Carolina Panthers. So hopefully they can find a player who can help set the edge and can help improve the run game for the Carolina Panthers. So that's just the to-do list for now. Certainly we'll see how things play over the next couple of days where I will add to that. If y'all want to add to it, please feel free to let me know what you think the Carolina Panthers need to do this upcoming offseason as it is do or die here in Carolina for Matt Rule. That's going to do it here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, again, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, where I ask you to please rate, review, and subscribe there. Five stars only. Don't be a hater. And also, you can follow the show on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show at your favorite podcasting platform. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Because every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So either at me or DM me at Julian Council for whatever questions that you have as they pertain, as they pertain, excuse me, to your Carolina Panthers. In the meantime, be safe. I don't really need to tell you to stay warm anymore because it looks like we're kind of back in the 70s here in Charlotte. But wherever you are, be safe, stay warm, and keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.